It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. All of a sudden, it's Monday. I was just kind of getting into the weekend, and all of a sudden, here we are. All right, 6.06 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. The president went to the border. Kind of. Sort of. We'll talk about that. Warning. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. If you're listening to News Top of the Hour, you might have heard the president went down to the U.S.-Mexico border and started taking a look at what was going on down there. Sort of, kind of, but not really. Because uh, Texas governor sent a letter to Biden, which was hand-delivered to him. said, Mr. President... You are not really taking a look at where the problem is. You need to go to where all of these people are crossing. There are certain places that they are. And the scene is ugly, really ugly. But you're not there, Mr. President. You're going to other places, which are a lot more attractive to see. So, yeah, he stands there and looks at the border and sees some people trying to get through. But one of the stories I have in front of me, President Joe Biden traveled to the U.S. southern border for the first time Sunday, it's about time, landing in El Paso amid the record-breaking number of illegals crossing during his presidency. El Paso was in chaos hours before Biden's arrival with hundreds of illegals stepping on the, or sleeping on the streets, pardon me, and some illegally uh, charging residents for free parking spots and stealing cell phones, Daily Caller found out. Number of illegal immigrants coming to the city has dropped since its peak in December. It was about 2,000 a day. Now it's about 700-ish a day, according to Homeland Security. In the fiscal year 2022 recorded 2.3 million Customs and Border Protection encounters. Biden spoke with... Republican Governor uh, Greg Abbott, after he stepped off Air Force One and made his way to a vehicle that drove him to a bridge, Americans' port of entry, agents show the president how they find illegal objections and drugs and things like that, and some of the problems were. What Greg Abbott suggested that the president do is, hey, Mr. President, go to some of the hot spots. Don't go to an official border crossing. That's not where they are. Go to the hotspots. How about go to some of the ranches where there are really upset, annoyed, and I'm being polite about it, ranchers who are dealing with this every single day and their lives are at risk because of what's coming over. Abbott has called, this is uh, from the story I'm reading, the president's intention to end Title 42 uh, border policy reckless. 
Biden had refused to go to the border, the story says, up until Sunday, despite repeated demands from Republicans. There's no evidence that Biden has ever been to the border in his life, according to this story. And president said on Thursday he was waiting to visit the border until he learned the fate of Title 42 by administration, which is a lame excuse, announced new border policies Thursday, including limited number of migrants from Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, Venezuela to about 30,000 a month and launching an app for migrants to register before coming to the border. Biden told migrants not to just show up at the border and simply ask for asylum instead. So, all right, that's where we are. Oh, and, and when the president was showing up, a lot of homeless people were cleared out of the area. This story I have in front of me says, multiple media outlets reported local police and border patrol agents began an effort during the last week to remove and arrest migrants from the streets of El Paso ahead President Joe Biden's visit to the Texas border, the roundup appears to be an attempt to set up uh, a village that paints a much different story of El Paso than weeks ago. So, and I've got several videos that I'm looking at here, but yeah, here's before the president's visit, let's go ahead and clean up the town a little bit so it doesn't look as bad. What would really be great, it's not going to happen, is just to have the president show up in, in the worst possible places. And again, as the governor of Texas said, Abbott said, go talk to these ranchers. Go find out what's actually happened right there on the border on a daily basis. See the worst of it. On a similar note, Mayor Adams and Lightfoot, so this is... Of course, uh, Chicago and uh, New York City both asked Colorado to stop sending illegals. Now, this is a case where Colorado, that's declared itself a sanctuary state, yet still Colorado has begun sending, and it's got Democrat governor on it, started sending illegals to Chicago to New York City, and those mayors have had about enough. Colorado governor informed New York this week that he'd be sending more buses full of illegals in the near future. The story made news after Mayor Adams, New York City, complained about it during our interview. But according to Governor Polis, the buses full of illegals aren't new. He's been helping asylum seekers reach their final destination for weeks, as he calls it. He says there's a nice backlog of these people waiting to leave Denver ahead of New York because of the recent storm where they were stuck in Denver. And now with this backlog, he's decided just to send them on. Here's a letter. Oh, uh, yeah, to the governor. This is a letter to the governor of Colorado. It's apparent that the influx of asylum seekers has provoked consternation among states. Although we share the concern of accommodations of the flood of asylum seekers overburdening other cities is not the solution. We respectfully demand that you cease and desist sending migrants to New York and Chicago. Since December of 2022, Chicago and New York have received hundreds of individuals from Colorado. Before the first bus arrived in either of our cities, we informed a Colorado official directly that neither the city had any additional room to accommodate any more 
because of the thousands that had already been inhumanely bused to our respective cities from Texas. Despite this information, you've bused migrants to our cities. The buses have arrived without any regard for either the city's ability or apparently uh, them because we can't shelter them. Our understanding is that Colorado purports to to be a welcoming state, at least as far as we are concerned, whether we're welcoming state or welcoming city, the leaders must make sure that those values are – I, I can keep going on like this. You understand the, the problem that we have here. Look, <clears throat> these are also cities, New York, Illinois, that demand that southern cities way down on the border do this, take in illegals and declare themselves sanctuary cities. Well, okay, let's share the burden. Just like these liberals want to share the wealth, then let's also share the burden. So, okay, if the southern states and even up as far as Colorado have to put up with this, then let's share the burden among all the other cities and states, especially those who have been really loudmouthed about it, and we're just going to go ahead and bust them up there and dump them on the very people who say that everybody else should put up with it. Let you put up with it too. Put up or shut up. How about that? Six, well, I'm, it's funny that they're having another problem with, this time not a Republican governor in Colorado, but a Democrat governor. And a Democrat state is doing this to other Democrat states. 615, wake up Wyoming. Sometimes the best way. 97 Woods or chat with Glenn on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app from K2 Radio. Six nineteen is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. All right. So, uh, for those that have just joined me, what I'm talking about is uh, the president going to the border to see what's going on there. Finally, he shows up, but before he does, he goes to El Paso. The streets are cleaned up, and the president goes to an official border crossing area where there's some activity, but not really. The activity that he needs to see. He's told about it. The governor of Texas even gives him a letter and discusses it with the president. Mr. President, if you really want to see what's going on here, here's where you need to be. You actually need to see this in person, see the drama that's unfolding for real. Don't go to some whitewashed place where they cleaned up the streets for you and to a border crossing facility where things are overwhelmed but pretty well organized by comparison. And let's go talk to some ranchers who've actually had to put up with this because they live right on the border. And dear God, what they have to put up with all day, all night. And it's scary at times what's coming over the border on their own land. So the president is not – and I, we all knew this was going to be the case. Every one of us knew the president was really not going to see the whole actual situation. Now, in the meantime, there's that story where – I think it's interesting. It's a Democrat state, Democrat governor in Colorado sending illegals to other cities like Chicago and like New York. And they – Chicago and New York mayors get together and send a letter to the governor of Colorado, stop it. Well, again, you want to share the wealth. Liberals are into socialism and sharing the wealth. How about sharing the burden too, guys? Oh, you're all into sharing everybody else's money. 
when we take money from other people and give it to you. You're all into that. But share the burden? <laughs> no. I mean, that's like work and stuff, right? Can't go sharing the burden. All right. So, speaking of Colorado, I happened to come across this over the weekend. Wasn't looking for this. I just happened to come across this, and I thought, oh, you guys have to hear it. You, just, you have to hear it. And they did a report. One of the television stations there, I believe it was the CBS station, uh, did a report. In fact, let me make sure I get, now that I think about this, bear with me just a moment. I want to make sure I give credit to the source as to which station this was that did this. Here we go. Yes, CBS Colorado did this story. And they started asking why people are moving from Colorado. Now, to be clear, Colorado's population is still growing, but at a greatly reduced pace. I mean, really greatly reduced pace. And a lot of people packing up and leaving Colorado at the same time. People who had lived there all their lives and enjoyed it or moved to Colorado at some point in their life because they thought, what a great place to go live. And at first they loved it, but things changed. So a reporter went around asking realtors, so you're talking to people who are leaving. In fact, this reporter even talked to someone who left. Why are people leaving? Mass exodus from downtown Denver was very interesting. Sunny Banka, a realtor in the southern Denver metro, tells me she's seeing some of the migration for different reasons. I've had many that will tell you that they've gone for freedom um, because of some of the politics in Colorado and some of the changes that we are seeing because of some of the political actions that have been taken. The most recently available Census Bureau data shows from 2015 to 2019, the top four destinations Coloradans moved to were Texas, California, Arizona, and Florida. Banka says of her clients, the number one place for people to move to this past year was Florida. It's not because Colorado isn't a beautiful, wonderful state. It's just because they were very sad by some of the things they're seeing. Krista Barker is one of them. I moved here in 19... 1977, and it was a great cow town. Loved it. This year, she moved from Aurora to Volusia County, Florida, near Daytona Beach. A lot of political issues. Crime, homeless, political atmosphere. It was time to pack up, go closer to family. It was not safe anymore. Asked what she likes about her new community in Florida, she says... They don't allow panhandlers. They do not allow the homeless to set up tents. They have cracked down on the spring breakers in Daytona Beach. It's just one of those situations to where I feel comfortable, I feel safe. Well, one of the other realtors that they spoke to did say she's spoken to a lot of people that have moved just for economic reasons. And it just gets really expensive to live in parts of Colorado. Now, a lot of you who are in Colorado, Weld County is growing quite a bit. But they're moving from the bigger city, and she put it, more liberal areas to the more conservative areas, but mainly for financial reasons. But then there's also a lot of people who are moving out of the state as well. And it can be a lot of the reasons that, you know, I pick on California for so many people packing up and just saying, that's enough, and leaving California. A lot of the same reasons are happening in Colorado right now, which is why I've said to you before, I've years ago, many years ago, I used to look at Denver as a radio market and think, wow, that'd be fun 
living there. I'd be fun working there. I would love to. It's a major market. It's a beautiful city. The, the mountains are right there. That'd be so cool. Now, no, I wouldn't. And it's not just the political atmosphere, but it's just become a mess with, well, how expensive is this? And the taxes and the regulations. And it just keeps on adding on, which is why people end up fleeing. They can't seem to change the political system, so they just go somewhere else. I know you're thinking it. I get it. I'm saying the same thing. Go ahead. Go somewhere else if you want to flee. Just remember, don't take your politics with you and keep voting the same way. Just don't do that. I just brought that out because I was talking about Colorado and how the governor of Colorado, of all people, is actually taking illegals and busing them to places like Chicago and busing them to places like New York. And Chicago and New York is saying, we can't handle all of these people. Well, Chicago and New York, boo-hoo, because you're only getting a small percentage of what southern border states have put up with and a small percentage of what states like Colorado have been putting up with. So when New York City gets mad, well, you sent us several hundred people. Yeah, but Texas and other southern states on the border are getting thousands of people every single day. And you guys are boo-hooing over a couple of hundred people that you were sent. Well, it's overwhelming. And a couple of these cities and states even have declared a state of emergency. Buses arrive with illegals, and they just dump several hundred here. They declare a state of emergency. Well, again, let's go down to the southern border and take a look at where they're dealing with thousands of new faces every single day. But those Democrat northern states will ridicule the southern states for declaring this to be a state of emergency and saying we have to do something about it. And as I read in El Paso, which was cleaned up for the president's visit, there was on the streets not just a lot of homeless people. They came across the border. Now they're homeless. Now they're homeless and desperate. And because they're homeless and desperate, they're doing whatever they can, which a lot of times that means the streets turn dangerous because you have people who have migrated all the way up through not just Mexico, they from way south of the border, even from other continents, then all the way up through and then cross the border. And now they're in America. And now what? And they're on the street somewhere. And then they start getting desperate. And that's when things start getting dangerous. And that's what these southern cities are dealing with. So for New York and Chicago and other places like that that have received illegals bust up to their cities, oh, you sent us a few hundred. Well, again, boo-hoo. You're declaring a state of emergency over that? Tell you what, we'll swap cities for a while. I'm I'll go ahead and take the mayors of some southern cities right on the border, and I'll swap them out with the mayors of New York and Chicago and places like that. And let's see what they like. Let's see how they handle it when they have thousands every single day pouring across their border, how they change their tune. And I guarantee you, they're going to change their tune. And I mean fast. That's why I'm glad that these people have been bussed all over the countries. And really, I, hey, guys, again, you love sharing the wealth, but you never want to share the burden, huh? Coming up on 630. Local news coming your way right after local news. 
Update on your weather forecast, which is not bad compared to the past couple of weeks. And you and I get back into it again. Let's wake up Wyoming. Six of the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. I got uh, something that just distracted me for a moment while you're watching that news and information break. I was looking to see any other news popping up out there. And I came across something which I thought you should hear this. It was interesting. I have maybe once in my life watched just a couple of minutes of the television show Dr. Phil. And one thing I did like about Dr. Phil is he's a real no-nonsense kind of guy. People come up to on this program with all sorts of ridiculous sob stories, and he just lays it out for them and puts them in their place with a lot of direct common sense. I mean, right between the eyes. So here's a guy who is from a defund the police movement talking – yeah, defund the police – talking to Dr. Phil. There has been so little investment in creating the conditions under which police would not be necessary. And that that is the issue. That is the holistic issue. And people are creations of the society in which they live in. And if you are a society that has such massive inequality and you are a society that is based on racial and gendered hierarchies and you are a society that deprives people of the resources that they need to live, talking about housing, clean water, food, all of these things that are part of an equitable society. You're talking about people that will do desperate things in order to survive. And so you're not solving anything by arresting those people. You're not solving anything by shooting and killing those people. I agree with you 100% on society's failures about how that person became a criminal. My point is we also live in the here and now. And if someone invades my home and has my wife held hostage in the bedroom tonight, I don't give two about where they came from tonight. What I care about is a, a, a solution tonight. Okay, so you get the basic idea. Now, the gentleman who spoke first, I agreed at the beginning, and then he lost me. When he said that, look, uh, we're we people who are products of the society that they come from. This is where they come from, and we need to provide a better society for them or look at what they become. That's essentially what he said, and that's not wrong. Then he gets into this whole, we are depriving them of clean water and food. and No, we're not. Well, there's this racial and gender hierarchy. No, there's not. You're in America. You can be what you want. You can be who you want. 
Okay. Get yourself cleaned up. Present yourself as a mature, responsible adult. Get educated. Get a skill. Show up to work on time. Work hard. Okay. Be an asset to your employer. So they want you to come back every single day. And watch how far you can go. Now, that's what needs to be taught to young people. That's what we need to provide for them. The rest is up to them to make sure that they do that. But no, we are not this society who deprives people of these things because it's not for society to give people these things in a free country. It is your responsibility to make sure that you provide these things. We should, at a very young age, teach young people the skills, drill into them again, Dress nice, look nice, sound mature, sound responsible, get a skill, a good education or a skill of some kind. Be a responsible, hard worker, an honest, decent member of society that people can like and trust. And you will go far in this country, sky's the limit. I can see if we did teach young people that at an early age then we would have less need for police. But that still puts aside, you know, he, this guy wants to defund the police and get rid of them altogether, which is nonsense because we also have just people who are, well, a mess. Uh, your rapists, your murderers, your serial killers, et cetera, et cetera. People that, just, doesn't matter how good society is, there are people that are mentally just a mess. And we have to be ready for these extreme personalities who want to rob, rape, murder, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they're just, for some reason, wired that way. That kind of crazy always exists, and that's why we have to be ready for that as well. So I just thought that was an interesting conversation that you should hear. I like the way Dr. Phil answered that in the sense that I, if my wife is being held hostage in the bedroom tonight— we need to do something about it tonight. And yeah, I don't care what the person doing the crime went through. I don't care. He has no business being in my house holding my wife hostage. So we're going to do something about it. 642 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. This weather update. Seven Woods or chat him on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Six forty-eight is the time. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to the ice box. Frank Gambino's waiting by. So, Frank, I would suppose you have learned over the years that if you look at some person who just seems like they're agitated and ready for a fight, that you don't agitate them further, right? Yeah, just leave them alone. Yeah, right. Okay. Because <clears throat> I have a video that is worth watching. If you go to the Wake Up Wyoming site here. Okay? This is in Yellowstone, and there is a good-looking elk. I mean, this guy's got a rack on him, good-looking elk. Nice rack. Yes, and this driver pulls up, and the elk is standing in the road, right in the middle of the road, just staring at the car. Okay. The guy rolls down the window, and I quote, Watch out, buddy. You want to fight? You want to go, bud? The elk walks up to the vehicle and tilts his antler down and pokes a <laughs> hole in the tire. <laughs> and you can hear, <laughs> as he does this. So I would say, do not taunt the elk. 
So the guy who wants to go actually <clears throat> can't go anywhere now. Yeah. Let's see if I can. Uh, That's great. Anyway, see, see this will pop up. Watch for out, buddy. Want to fight? He rolls the window down. Oh, I hear him. I hear him. <laughs> Did you hear the tire pump? <laughs> good morning, good afternoon, yeah, good night. That's right. Yeah. So I would and I wonder when I take a, a look at the video, which is definitely worth watching. Is the elk smart enough to know that that's where I should just pop right here? That looks like the soft spot. Just go for that. Yeah. And we'll, because there's other video of elk ramming the door of the vehicle with their horns. Well, you know, the, the word gets around among the elk population. Yeah. Say, so, you know what? I got the tire this time. That works yeah. too. Like, go oh, for the whoa. soft. Now, the, the bad part now for the guy who's going, What's, hey, buddy, you want to go? Now, that sarcastic jerk has to get out of his vehicle. In the dark, in Yellowstone, and change in the tire. Freezing temperatures, yes, and change that. And, tire. and the elk wants to <laughs> wants to puncture the other three. I I would think so. I, well, why not? Go for it. All righty, immense college basketball from over the weekend. The Wyoming Cowboys dropped to zero and three in Mountain West play and five and ten overall after an eighty to seventy five home loss to San Diego State on Saturday in Laramie. The Cowboys have more injuries than you can count, but shot fifty eight percent from the field in this game. Then again, how do you lose shooting fifty eight percent from the field? Hunter Maldonado played all 40 minutes. He threw in 20 points. Jeremiah Oden and Xavier Ducell had 15 each. Lamont Butler at 23 for San Diego State. He had five threes in the game. The Aztecs improved the 12 and 3 overall and 3 and 0 in league play. UW will be at Utah State on Tuesday. In the National Football League, the Denver Broncos ended a miserable season with a win, believe it or not. They, they knocked out and knocked off the playoff bound Los Angeles Chargers 31-28. Russell Wilson finally looked like a quarterback that they paid big bucks for and some draft pick assets as well. He threw three touchdown passes, each more than 50 yards. Too little, too late, as Wilson as a whole had a forgettable season. The Broncos finished 5-12 and 12 and will be looking for a big-time head coach. Reportedly, they will interview former New Orleans head coach Sean Payton and University of Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh. Also in the NFL, the Buffalo Bills will be the number two seed in the AFC playoffs with a 35-23 win over New England. Former Wyoming Cowboys star Josh Allen was 19-31 of 31 for 254 yards and three touchdowns. The Bills at 13-3. and three. They will host Miami in the wild card run on Sunday. Cincinnati will be in the playoffs as well. They knocked off um, Baltimore 27-16. Former Wyoming Cowboy and Casper native Logan Wilson had eight tackles, four solo for the Bengals, who are 12-4 and four on the year. They're going to turn right around and play Baltimore again in the wild card round on Sunday night. Jacksonville made the playoffs for the first time since 2017. They beat Tennessee on Saturday 20-16. Former Wyoming Cowboy Chad Muba had seven tackles, five solo, and a tackle for loss. The Jaguars won 3-14 and 14 a year ago. And in high school wrestling. The big Shane Channel tournament was held over the weekend in Douglas. Cheyenne East took third. Cheyenne Central fourth and Natrona fifth. Kaliwal seventh. Central had three champions. Isaiah O'Beal at 113. Jack Ring at 182 and Keegan Bartlett at 220. Cheyenne East with a couple of champions and Liam Fox at 145 and Trevor Eldridge at 195. Kelly Walsh had two champions. Dylan Sorensen at 106 and Jared Smith at 132 pounds. That's it. Sports. So Josh Allen make it into the Super Bowl? Not, not yet. They got, now they have two, they have two, two playoff Rounds okay, now. but yeah, I'm asking for your your thoughts. Is he going to? Well, I think they have an excellent chance. Okay, it's either between them and Kansas City. So okay. one that, of those two. That's the that's the answer to that one. So okay, yeah. you know, now here's Cincinnati, who made the Super Bowl last year with Logan Wilson. What about those guys? 
You know, mm-hmm. they're they're right in there too. So this can be pretty interesting. You know, the best thing about the NFL playoffs yeah. that Green Bay is out. Okay. You know what you know what Jackie Gleason would say? Yeah. How sweet <laughs> it is. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care. Got to roll into news time after that. And oh, I do have now. There's some local stuff we got to talk about during the course of the morning. But I do have. A little while ago, I told you about a school where they're supposed to give away merit awards to students who excel, getting great grades, stuff like that. But they didn't do it because of equity, because everything has to be equal. There's a second school that's now been caught doing that. Parents are just furious. Do that in 7 o'clock hour. Wake up, Wyoming. Six to time. Wake up, Wyoming. It is a Monday already. I mean, the weekend just boom, gone. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. See, all of these landed behind uh, archives, all the folder. Okay. Uh, thank you, Miss Mary. Miss Mary sending me a note. Before I get into what I want to talk about this hour, I played something for. Frank Gambino just a moment ago, and I want to make sure the rest of you hear it. Now you can, but you really need to watch this. I want to play the audio because I'm now in a point where I can crank up the audio a bit more. Okay, so this is in Yellowstone National Park. There is a beautiful elk, and I mean this sucker is just a gorgeous specimen of what a male elk is supposed to look like. It is kind of dark out. I mean, kind of the blue sky, dark later in the evening kind of a thing. It's obviously really cold. It's Yellowstone. There's snow all over the place. And the elk is just standing there in the middle of the road. The mistake the driver makes is taunting the elk. Watch out, buddy. Want to fight? Yeah, now he rolls down the window to taunt him. Right. You want to go, bud? Okay, that was the big mistake. And so the elk goes for the car's tire. That's air being let out of the tire. <laughs> so, that yeah, that, you, what's up, buddy? Huh? You want to fight? You want to go? And the elk just chips his antlers over and goes for the soft spot, which is the tire, front tire, driver's side. And, yes, you heard as air was coming out of the tire. You want to watch that video. Go to the Wake Up Wyoming site. It's up there this morning at some point, Miss Mary. We'll go ahead and alert that out, and you'll be able to watch that too. But use your wake-up Wyoming app to do that. Okay, real quick, something else that I just came across as I'm looking around for what's happening this morning, this Monday morning, about a week or so ago. I told you about a school that was withholding certain merit awards. Now, merit awards are students that have done really well. They showed up on time. They worked hard. They got good grades. They were outstanding in many other ways. In their school, they stood out. And so there's merit awards. And so when these students want to go on to college, 
they can put it on their resume. They can show their merit award. Well, this one school decided not to do this. They held it back. Even though the kids had won the award, they held it back. Big Well, everything has to be equal, you understand. We have to have equality. Everything must be equal. It's happened again. State of Virginia. Parents are outraged after another distinguished high school. I have to say that that school is no longer considered distinguished. After this, how can they be considered a distinguished high school? Was accused of withholding merit awards to advance the district's policy of pushing equal outcomes for all students. Now, this is not reality. I hate to tell you this. Some people hate this very idea. We are not all equal in all things. I hate to tell you, I'm not very good in math. I, I love math. It fascinates me. I mean, higher math. But every time I try to sit down and do it, my brain doesn't operate that way. And it frustrates me. I wish I could pick up the clarinet or a flute or a guitar and play as great as the greatest that ever had. But I won't be able to do it. I could learn how to play those instruments. But I don't have the talent to be as good as they are. There will be very few people who will be among the greats when it comes to singers or musicians or whatever the talent is. And talent doesn't always have to be something like that. Talent could be, hey, there's people who are welders who are really good at it. There are truck drivers who are really good at it. They excel at it. Depends on what we're talking about. It's not always a glamorous position, but we all have our talents somewhere. We're not all equal. No matter who's listening to me right now, you are someone. You have a talent, and you probably know about it. Everybody has some kind of a talent. But there's also things that you would love to be really great at, but you're just not. And it's frustrating. The world is not equal. Some people are better at making money than other people. Everybody can be good at making money and saving it. But, I mean, some people are going to become billionaires because they're really good at it. We're not all equal. It doesn't work. Now, if you want to go to a country where everybody is equal, go to North Korea. Everybody's exactly the same. I'll also remind you that everybody is starving and in poverty, and there's only one fat guy in North Korea. If that's what you want, that kind of equity. Okay. Fairfax County. The mother is Carrie Lucas. And another mother, Ashra Namoni, joined Fox and Friends Monday to discuss how the equity policy has affected merit scholars and how parents in the district are fighting back. Quote, now we have two high schools in the same school district that have been nakedly, politically and nakedly focused on things that are not about advancing kids' interests but about the idea of equity of outcomes for everybody. But what does that mean for merit scholars? What does it mean for those kids? It means the school doesn't want them to succeed above anybody else. You're not supposed to stand out above anybody else. They want them all to be exactly equal. There was a book by Kurt, uh, a short story by Kurt Vonnegut about that. 
where he created a world which everybody was exactly equal. I remember reading that story when I was in high school and being outraged. I'll, I'll look. I'm trying to remember the name of the story. Maybe some of you do. Where it was a society where everybody was forced to be exactly equal. Anyway, uh, Lucas, a mother of a student at Langley High School, called out the school for its delay in notifying students of their award. She accused the district of having different priorities than the parents. She is the second. This is the second high school in recent weeks come under fire for allegedly withholding notification of merit awards in the name of equity and equality. Thomas Jefferson High School's science technology also same allegations. The delayed awards in question are given by the National Merit Scholarship Corporation, which recognizes top performing high school students nationwide. Now, again, this is something that's important because it goes into when they go to apply for a college that's part of their application to get into a good college and it can be used on a resume later for a good job quote no matter what they throw at us we're going to stand up and speak out said one mom the principal at the school admitted to the delay in an email she sent to parents i am delighted to let you know that your student was designated uh, merit scholarship, I must apologize, certificates were not distributed, and they're trying to basically walk it back a little bit. No, no, we didn't. Well, what did you mean to do? No, we're not doing that. So, once again, because everybody has to be equal, right? Is that the case? Everybody has to be perfectly equal? Or some people are allowed to excel. And that we, we encourage everybody to excel at something. And some people will become great at something. Okay? And that's a good thing. According to Grandpa Rich, Elch can be more aggressive than Buffalo. I don't know that. It's Wake Up Wyoming. This is Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Something on your mind? Join in at 888-97-WOODS. It's the time to wake up Wyoming for those who were just listening a moment ago. Well, if you missed it, it's uh, Harrison Bergeron, a science fiction short story written by Kurt Vonnegut, 1961, depicted a dystopian future in which a powerful authoritarian government goes to extreme measures to ensure absolutely nobody is above anybody else. Everybody is equal. There's no such thing as nobody is better at something. In fact, extreme measures are taken. If an athlete, for example, is a faster runner than everybody else, then they physically put something on him so he can't run as fast. Whatever the case is, if a singer has a more beautiful voice than other singers, then they physically handicap her so she can't sing better than anybody else. That's that's the dystopian future that he creates in this short story. It's really something. And if you're just joining me, that's because there's a, yet another school in the Virginia that is holding back merit awards for exceptional students. Well, we can't show that they're doing better than everybody else. That's not equity. Everything has to be equal, you know. All right, back to the state of Wyoming for this next story, Cowboy State Daily. This is interesting. Wyoming legislator to introduce a bill to prohibit employers from microchipping workers. 
Now, why you don't want a chip in your butt, I have no idea. I've been listening to rumors about this since I was a teenager. They're all going to have microchips in us. Well, maybe we're really close to that. But I've been hearing that my entire adult life. Even when I wasn't an adult, I've been hearing these stories. A state lawmaker, the story says, pushed doing away with daylight savings time. I'm for that. Fiercely fought COVID-19 vaccine mandates and never shied away from challenging legislative leadership. Has a new attention-grabbing bill up his sleeve. State Senator Dan Larson, Republican Powell, submitted legislation Wednesday that would prohibit employers from requiring employees to have microchip implants in their bodies. The bill titled Employees Force Microchip Implantation Prohibited also provides such a creative name. Guidelines for employers if staff voluntarily wanted to be microchipped. Yes, please put a tracking device in my butt. Larson has already recruited a supporting cast of conservative co-sponsors, and that are Tim French Powell, Troy McCowan, Republican Gillette, and Sherry Stimes, Republican Lingle, Jeremy Hudson or Harrelson, Republican Wheatland, Rachel Rodriguez Williams, Republican Cody, and Tommy Strock, Republican Douglas. Introducing who was Daniel Sling, Republican Cheyenne, who was co-sponsor of the bill, says the proposal is an opportunity for the Wyoming legislative body to get ahead of a problem before it materializes. I see it as a protection of individual rights. I believe that it's as technology develops, we need to create legislation necessary before it becomes a problem. Now, I look at this and I think, if I'm an employer... And I want to track my employees. I don't need to put a microchip in their butt. I well, I don't know why I keep. You can put it in their arm or someplace else. But I always picture if you're gonna. You know, that's what the space aliens do, right? Okay. So instead, my employees all carry around their cell phones all day long. Well, I can just put an app on their phone or something like that and track where they are at all times. There's ways to do that. But anyway, so how relevant? The story says prospect of forcing people to have microchips implanted in them seem to be outrageous or more suited as part of the plot of a futuristic sci-fi thriller. But it's already been addressed in a nearly dozen U.S. states. In 2021, Indiana became the 11th state to ban forced microchipping, although there are no documented instances of American employers requiring employees to be microchipped, there have been a number of cases where workers have voluntarily had chips inserted into their bodies. The primary use for the chip in workplace settings so far has been for automating rudimentary tasks such as entering a building, using a vending machine, serving as a password for computer logins, all of which can be completed with the wave of a hand. So in other words, no, they're not going to put it in your butt. Oh, that would be neat. You want to go through a door. You have a microchip in your butt, and so you have to turn and twerk, basically, and the door magically opens. That would be entertaining. But no, they want to put the microchip in the hand. That way, when you get to something that you want to use at work, 
that requires a pass, rather than having a card that you wave in front of a keypad, or I have a, on my keychain for here at work, we have locked doors around work for security. I have a key fob, and I just wave it in front of the lock, and I walk through. They want to just put it in the hand so you can just magically wave your hand. i got a better idea. Give them a Harry Potter wand. Yeah, that would be more fun. But okay. In 2017, Wisconsin Technology Company received nation or worldwide attention. Uh, about uh, 50 of all of its employees voluntarily had microchips implanted between their thumb and forefinger on one hand. More than a decade earlier, 2006, Wisconsin also was the first state to force, force, or I said, I'm sorry, ban forcing this being done by employees. If they want it done, fine. Miss Mary, the Lord heard my answer. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. I will read that off the air later, Miss Mary. <laughs> Some I I'm smart enough to read things in advance. Okay. So anyway, only for employees in Wyoming, the uh, Wyoming law actually doesn't go so far as the other states, which would prohibit all forced microchipping. It's on a voluntary thing. So if you want this done, if your employer says, can I put that in your hand so it's like an automatic key and you, you agree to it, okay. While the employer requires vaccine mandates are still legal in Wyoming, microchipping has no ties to any health concerns, the story says. According to MarketWatch 2019, Nevada bill would also have banned voluntary implantation of the chips, but it was later amended to only coercion. So in other words, again, the employer cannot force you to do something like this. And there's actually a story that comes with this Cowboy State Daily article from NBC Nightly News where they show the tiny, it's a tiny little microchip thing. It's very tiny. But again, they would put it in your hand, and again, you wave it in front of whatever device, door you want to open, whatever the case may be, computer that you're trying to log into, and there you go. Now, again, I'm not 100% opposed to having modern technology to open things up. Again, I have a keychain that I keep with me. My keys are with me all the time, and there's a key fob on there. And so I open up doors around here at work just by waving that in front of the little pad, and there you go. There's other places that I go where I have uh, different cards or whatever, for depending on where I'm going, where I wave a card in front. There's an elevator. If I'm in uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming, at the studio's there, to go up the elevator to get to where the station is, I wave this thing in front of, you know, bleep, off it goes. I don't know so much about putting a chip in my hand, though. I would turn to my employer and say, I'd rather not have something implanted in me. That's just weird. All right, coming up on 7.30. Local news coming away right after local news. Update on your weather forecast. You and I get back into it again. Oh, that wind we had last night? Yeah, more is on the way. I'll talk to Don Day about it. 7.45. Wake up, Wyoming. Make your voice heard at 888-97-WOODS. This is AM 1030, K2 Radio. 7.36 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. So when I got up this morning, it, the wind howled yesterday. I mean, the wind howled where I was yesterday. 
And I get this morning, I go to walk out to my car, and there's suddenly a snowdrift between me and my car that was about knee high. And that's not going to work. I had to go way around it. And then I was uh, driving to work. There's a golf course across the street from me. And the snow from the golf course made a massive snowdrift that cut off most of the road. And all of that had been cleared by big machines just a few days ago. But that's the way the... And this morning, the wind is a bit calmer for most of Wyoming, but it's coming back. So I'll have Don Day on 745. We'll talk about your weather forecast because, yeah, the winds are kind of coming come and go and there's going to be that chance for snow nothing huge but it's still a chance for snow and it's just one storm after the next for quite a while here he'll give you all the details of that meantime you're waking up first thing in the morning a lot of you on the way to work like to stop and get something which you say is coffee but i'm telling you it's not hello welcome to coffee cabana our special today is the popular mocha mocha kappa mocha kappa what can i blend for you today uh, cup of coffee, please. Uh, I'm sorry? Uh, just, I'm sorry, just a regular size coffee, please. That's all. Oh, uh, I, I guess I don't understand. Uh, what part of that don't you understand? Well, for one, we have several different sizes. Petite, medium, alto, forte, muy grande, and crescendo. I, I, all right, I just want a small cup of regular coffee. Well, please. But I... Uh... Okay, look. Point to the cup that's the smallest. Okay, there you go. That's the one. Oh, okay. I see. And what would you like in that? Coffee. And? Just coffee. But we have syrups and powders and toppings and frappalapalatas. Just coffee. Plain old coffee in a freaking cup. Oh, um. Look, I can take the cup. Perfect. Now, now, hold it under the coffee spout. Good. Now fill it up. There you, there you go. Now, give it to me. That's it? Yes, that's all. Well, how odd. And whatever. How much? Six fifty, sir. Sorry? Um, six fifty? How is this little cup of coffee more expensive than a gallon of gasoline in my car? I didn't even add any frappa, lapa, mocha, crap or whatever to it. Well, sir, the beans are dried on you, solar you know, panels. Never mind. And then we use yeah, wind for, power for, generate, forget it. But we're green. Look, I'll give you 20 bucks if you don't say another word. But, nope. Uh, Done. There you go. Good girl. Might I suggest trading that for a decaf? All I'm saying is there's some of you folks that go to work in the morning. You stop by someplace to grab what you call a cup of coffee. And when I see what you actually get, oh, they may have put a splash of coffee in there. But the majority of what's in that cup has nothing to do with coffee whatsoever. Therefore, I cannot say that you're actually drinking coffee. I don't see the word coffee. Oh, we sell coffee. Well, that's what I want. Okay, so we have three different roasts. I don't want three different roasts. I just want coffee. What would you give me if I... Just ask for coffee. I wouldn't. I would describe the three different roasts. And what if I just shouted coffee over your descriptions? You can try that if you want. Look, I've run my own business for a long time. One thing I've learned, don't overcomplicate things. Lead with the headline. You sell cars, say you sell cars. You sell guns, say you sell guns. It doesn't even say coffee in your sign. That was mouthfeel. Sounds like a sex club. Oh, it's the way the coffee feels in your mouth. It's a word connoisseurs use. You mean the taste? No. It's distinct from the taste. 
oh, geez. Just give me a... Okay, what you do is you take the beans, right? <clears throat> and you grind them up really fine. It's better. It's a better idea if you buy just fine beans. Not grind them for a couple of seconds, but fine. If you want to get pre-ground, good, but you're not going to get coffee that's as good as the freshly ground beans that are right after they roast. By the way, coffee that's done properly is a sweet drink. It's not heavily bitter. Believe it or not, it's a bit on the sweet side when it's freshly roasted and then you grind it and you make a cup of coffee. Then when you put the coffee grounds in, you got the water thing happening. So not too much water, okay, because if you pick up when you're done and the coffee's in the pot, right, you pick up the pot. Can you see through the pot? Like stand there holding up the pot with the refrigerator on the other side. Can you see the refrigerator through the pot? Okay, that's not coffee. That's called tea. Okay, coffee would be thick enough that you can't see through the pot. All right. Now, for those of you who still like to add some creams and sugars and stuff like that to it, you go right ahead if that's what your taste buds say. I'm calling wimp on you, but go ahead. If you like those sort of things, go ahead and flavor it up with whatever makes you happy and do that kind of stuff. But please, at least the bulk of the drink needs to be actual coffee. What they serve to you at a lot of those, I'm going to call them fast food coffee joints, you know, like Starbucks, has very little to do with coffee. Just saying. 742. Wake up, Wyoming. Sometimes the best way to... It's happening in Wyoming. It's on Wake Up, Wyoming with Glenn Woods from K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Off we go to talk to Don Day. Day weather. So, Don, while where I was last night, there were some howling winds to the point that even though the city had cleared out the road that I live on, I get up this morning to go to work, and most of that road is blocked by not just some snowdrift, a huge snowdrift. And my understanding is those winds come back, don't they? Well, they do, and they're causing a lot of problems, especially you've probably seen the road closures along sections of Interstate 80, uh, and the wind picking up over the weekend from what you heard and the strong winds we're going to have through tomorrow, today and tomorrow. Where the snow's loose and temperatures are still cold, that that blowing and drifting is going to just be a real headache. So, yes, next 48 hours, plenty of wind. We have another very strong California storm hitting the West Coast, so strong jet stream winds are racing their way through the state right now. And then it does look like some of that snow, Glenn, is going to jump over the divide tomorrow night and Wednesday, bringing some snow to central and southern Wyoming. So there's plenty of weather this week to deal with. Okay, now I was watching a meteorologist who is out of California. Yep, that's right. I was cheating on you. And she was talking about some of the areas we're most concerned with with droughts, not in just California, but in western states and so on. And she showed that... All of this weather they've been having, including, and I laughed when they called it a bomb cyclone in California, but at least they're out of the severe drought stage. Not an end to the drought, but out of severe drought is what she said. Yeah, but this, she's not including what's coming. So, you no, know, she's not, I, no. I think I think it's getting better than that. The, I didn't do this calculation, but another meteorologist that I know did this calculation in the next 18 hours, get this. 
3.3 trillion gallons of water could fall. Wow. <laughs> along the West Coast. Okay. <laughs> Holy cow. So, so yeah, so so um yeah, there will be a two or three layer change in the drought status in California by the end of this month. You know, whether or not we could officially say say California will be out of the drought, probably not, but Yeah. Uh, but darn, I will tell you this, darn close. Okay, what about the rest of the Western? Because even here in Wyoming, we've had our problems. Oh, oh yeah, without a doubt. And there's always going to be a gradient. Because you got to remember, when these storms hit the West Coast, every mountain range just takes moisture away. So the further east you go, the lighter the precipitation that falls. However, there's still precipitation falling. And all of our, uh, with the the exception of the southeast corner of the state and the South Platte drainage, snowpacks are in fabulous shape. And now, does that do really wonders for the plains? No, but it's important for the reservoir storage. But that weekend storm we had over New Year's has put a lot of snow on the ground in some of the worst drought areas of the state, in the central and in in parts of the south and southwest. And there's more coming. Of course, it's the spring which is really important for the lower elevations and, and late season snowpack as well. So let's let's put it this, we'll frame it as it's getting better. Okay. It's not getting worse. And we're getting enough mountain snowpack and we're getting enough precipitation on the plains here at the, at the tail end of this dying La Nina to make a difference, to make it better than it's been. All right. Thank you, Don. Don Day from Day Weather. Well, that was some good news that when I heard her say at least the extremes over and what he's saying that we're getting toward what could be the end of all of this as we get in and out of drought. So here we go to talk to Frank Gambino, who's over there in the icebox. So Frank came across this story. Joy Greenwald, who's at our Cheyenne station. Yes. Private citizens hoping to build huge sporting center in Cheyenne. Okay. A uh, huge indoor sporting center. Uh, let me see. Kind of be... like a rec center kind of a thing? Yes. Uh, for a full-size football field, smaller <laughs> turf field, eight basketball, volleyball-style courts, MMA boxing area, tennis, pickleball courts, and gym area, and league-size baseball fields and game areas. I have been listening to people in Cheyenne complain for a long time that they would love to have some kind of a rec center, but they don't want government building them a rec center. They don't think they need that. They would, so here's a private company that wants to come in and bring all these sports inside. This is a private company. This is a private is, company. Is going yeah. to build this. Yes. And I can or see... wants to build Well, you consider when you have uh, baseball leagues for kids, soccer leagues... Swimming. I mean, on and on and on. I mean, a football goes. field like there's, that's a lot of yeah, cash there. And I guess you can guess the why they want to do this weather-wise. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a huge chunk of the year. You really can't do anything outside. And there's certainly some big storefronts that used to be huge plazas and so on that offer enough space to do this in. So there's already existing storefront areas. They can just put everything inside. I think it's a great idea. I, yeah, I, I think they should do it, too. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm all for opportunity uh, yeah. you know, for kids and adults just to go and have some place to go yes. and play pickleball and, yes. you know, and all, the, all that stuff. I mean, uh, you if if they build it. People will come. There we go. Yeah. And I can see, you know, if I, I can, I'm just trying to imagine which parts of it I would take advantage of. You wouldn't take advantage of every part, no matter who you are, but you can take advantage of several parts at once. Yeah, like the pool hall kind of thing.
Men's college basketball from over the weekend. The Wyoming Cowboys dropped to 0-3 in Mountain West play. 5-10 overall after an 80-75 home loss to San Diego State on Saturday. Cowboys have more injuries than you can count, but shot 58% from the field in this game. Then again, how do you lose shooting 58% from the field? Hunter Maldonado played all 40 minutes. He threw in 20 points. Jeremiah Oden and Xavier Ducell had 15 each. Lamont Butler at 23 for San Diego State. He had five three-pointers in the game. The Aztecs improved the 12-3 overall. They are 3 and 0 in league play. UW will be at Utah State tomorrow. In the National Football League, the Denver Broncos ended a miserable season with a win, believe it or not. They knocked off playoff-bound Los Angeles, the Chargers, 31-28. Russell Wilson finally looked like the quarterback they paid big bucks for as he threw three TD passes, each more than 50 yards. Too little too late as Wilson as a whole had a forgettable season. The Broncos finished 5-12 and and will now be looking for a big-time head coach. Reportedly, they will interview former New Orleans coach Sean Payton and University of Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh. Also in the NFL, the Buffalo Bills are the number two seed in the AFC playoffs with a 35-23 win over New England. Former Wyoming Cowboys star Josh Allen, 19 of 31 for 254 yards and three touchdowns at the quarterback spot. The Bills are 13 and three. They will host Miami in the wild card round on Sunday. Cincinnati will be in the playoffs as well. They beat uh, Baltimore 27-16. Former Wyoming Cowboy and Casper native Logan Wilson with eight tackles, four solo for the Bengals. They're 12 and four. They will turn right around and play Baltimore again in the wild card round on Sunday night. Jacksonville made the playoffs for the first time since 2017, beating Tennessee on Saturday 20-16. Former Wyoming Cowboy Chad Muma with seven tackles, five solo and a tackle for loss. The Jaguars won 3-14 a year ago. Wyoming Cowboy football team snagged a receiver from the transfer portal as Devin Bodie um, from, uh, Bodie Jr. from uh, Vander, is coming from to, from Larry, to Larry from Vanderbilt. He has three years of eligibility remaining, was hurt most of last season. He caught three passes. Tonight in college football, so the national championship as Georgia will take on T. ECU. Georgia is looking for their second title in a row, and they are 12-point favorites in the game. In high school wrestling, the Bing Shane Channel Tournament was held over the weekend in Douglas. Cheyenne East took third, Cheyenne Central fourth, Natrona fifth, Kellywell seventh. KW had two champions, Dylan Sorensen at 106, Gerald Smith, Jared Smith at 132, Central with three champions, Isaiah Beal at 113, Jack Ring at 182, Keegan Bartlett at 220, Cheyenne East with a couple of champs, Liam Fox at 145, and Trevor Eldridge at 195. So, um, Don and Laramie sent me something. I was talking about things that people put in your coffee, which I think ruins coffee. There is a uh, creamer you can put in your coffee that is Snickers bar flavored. Okay. No. Okay. And and then this is disturbing, but I'm going to have to remember this. Arnie from Casper sends me this note. Grandma once said sometimes you have to hug people you don't like so you know how big to dig the hole in your backyard. Oh, it's, it's kind of like um, keep yeah. your friends closer and uh, your enemies huh? closer. Yes, I'm, I'm going to write that one down. Keep it in mind. Yeah. Thank you, Frank. Mm-hmm. Coming up on some local business. News time after that. Let's wake up Wyoming. It's time to get... Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. It's a Monday. The weekend just blew by, and I mean that figuratively and literally because of the wind we had yesterday. I was trying to get to work this morning. You know me, it's like 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm driving to work. And this massive snowdrift across the road that wasn't there just the other day. And when I say massive, I mean 
no, really, even by Wyoming standards, wow, that was a big snowdrift. And it wasn't there just the other day. Just all night long, the wind blew like that, huge piles of it, as you're with the weather forecast. And Don Day had on 745, he explained it. More of that wind's on its way, so just be prepared for that. Okay, so we have a new Speaker of the House in Washington, D.C., Kevin McCarthy. That was finally all settled. While that was being debated... Some of you were calling this program and saying, so how do you think Harriet Hegeman's going to vote on this? And some of you said you were contacting her office, either by phone or you're going to send her an email. Oh, she got your calls and your emails, by the way. She heard what you had to say. So let's take a look at how she voted and why she voted that way. And I know no matter what I say, some of you folks out there are not going to be happy. It doesn't matter what I say. Pretty divisive issue here. So, warning. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee. And feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not report to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. There's a podcast done in the state of Wyoming out of the city of Buffalo by David Iverson, which is a good podcast. I would recommend it. You can go look him up or go to the story I have on the Wake Up Wyoming website. It's got a link to where his talk show is. And he had a chance to talk to Harriet Hageman. Now, again, I got some strong opinions during the whole, let's just call it dust up, as they were trying to pick a speaker of the House. And there were 20, 21 people who were just holdouts and didn't want them to be speaker. And it seemed like they were after something. Now, last week when I was talking about this, I pointed out the failure of the news media to really get into why was this happening? These holdouts, why were they holdouts? Exactly what were they after? What was going on? Were they just never McCarthy kind of people? Or did they actually want something? And when you think want something, well, of course, they're going to get favors and money. Not necessarily. Many of them just wanted to be heard and they were being slighted, pushed away by the current, uh, well, in vogue crowd in Washington, D.C. And they didn't want that. They wanted some rule changes. So they mattered. Just They have to represent their state, after all. So they mattered as well. well. On David Iverson's podcast, he spoke to Harriet Hegeman and asked about how she voted and why she voted that way. Now, she continually voted for Kevin McCarthy to be speaker. Here's why. I've received phone calls and texts and emails from people saying, why in the world are you supporting Kevin McCarthy? Why would you vote for him? And I'll tell you very simply, I have been trying to give the space and the time to the people people who need to negotiate changes to the rules. The folks who have been objecting to Kevin McCarthy have repeatedly stated it's not personal. It's about changing how things are done back here. And so they have continued over the last four days to negotiate changes both substantively and procedurally to the rules that operate or that govern this place. I think that that has been an extremely healthy discussion and extremely helpful discussion. And I have been voting for Kevin McCarthy because the alternative is we, we've had three choices throughout this process process, that it was either going to be Kevin McCarthy, 
Hakeem Jeffries, or a coalition speaker that would be picked by the most liberal members of, of, of the, uh, on the Republican side and the Democrats. And though the last two scenarios were absolutely unacceptable to me, so I was voting because I felt that if we were all voting for Kevin McCarthy, keeping these discussions alive, making sure that we had the right people in the room, we were eventually going to get to where we needed to be, and that happened today. Now, if you want to hear that entire interview, and it goes a lot longer than that, it's a good interview, you can go to the Wake Up Wyoming website. I have the story, but also a link to David Iverson's page where you can listen to his podcast. Select that one, listen to the entire conversation. All right, so I can understand why she would take a look at the alternatives, see as Kevin McCarthy as the only, only alternative, really, but also try to buy some time because here again, there are members of the House who are more either younger or even freshman members of the House who could not get themselves into positions of not even just power, but where they had any kind of say. The real power in Washington, D.C., when you're in the House of Representatives, for example, is to be on committees. Better yet, if you could chair a committee. And so these folks were being pushed aside for whatever reason. They're not part of the good old boys club. You could say that. Some of them would have points of view that would be considered extreme by the more establishment members of Congress. We can certainly go there. For whatever the reasons are, they just weren't getting in and having their say. So they finally had just had enough. So these were the holdouts who wanted to make sure that they had a place at the table, if you will, if they had a literally not the dinner table, but the the table where the decisions are actually made. Because just to show up and vote in the House of Representatives is not enough. Any member can just show up and vote. Again, the real power is on those committees, and especially chairing a committee. Now, what I want to see, now that Kevin McCarthy is Speaker of the House, since he made some promises to these folks, does he actually keep those promises? Do these people who wanted more of a say, let's change the rules a little bit, so they have more of a say, so they're heard, does he actually honor that? Or... If he doesn't, he's going to wind up right back where he was in just a little while. And some of the backing that he was hoping to have, he's not going to get. And this is an opportunity. I know the Republicans hold a slim majority in the House of Representatives, but they still hold a majority, and they can still actually get something done. So if McCarthy doesn't keep the promises that he made to these folks, then perhaps we're not going to get a whole lot done. Now, on that note, I would like to thank those people who stood their ground for as long as they did for no other reason that it caused Congress to well, basically do nothing, which pleases me. The longer Congress can go without getting anything done, the better it is for the rest of us. When everything is in lockdown and Congress is that ineffective, the better it is for the rest of us. If you've been watching the way Congress has been spending money and passing bills, you understand what I'm talking about. Especially when a bill lands in front of them that's thousands of pages long. Nobody has a chance to read any of it, and it's rammed through Congress, and this is supposed to be the law of the land. And with that bill comes God knows how much spending. 
and that becomes the law of the land. This is how your Congress has been doing business. So to put the brakes on them for at least a week, I would have liked it to have been longer. Amen to that. 8.15, wake up Wyoming. This Wyoming Travel Network. Start your morning. Coffee, sarcasm, weirdness. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Eight twenty is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. All right, triple eight ninety seven. What's the phone number? Eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Bye bye me. I'll just kind of roll with the whole thing. So, for those who wanted Harriet Hageman to vote differently, she kept voting for Kevin McCarthy to be Speaker of the House. She explains why. The story I just played the audio for you, but the story is on the Wake Up Wyoming site with uh, a link so you can listen to the entire interview as well with David Iverson, who's a podcaster out of Buffalo, Wyoming, so you can hear everything that she had to say why she voted the way that she did. Now, on that note, a story has just popped up. So here we go with the new Speaker of the House and the new Republican majority in the House of Representatives. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy story said, fresh off his day's long battle to secure his new position, will once again get his party on the same page, he hopes anyway, to vote for new House rules package on Monday. The package includes capping spending at 2022 levels for the next 10 years. That would be great. Boy, that would just be, seriously, if we could just say that's enough, you're not allowed to spend any more than this. That would truly be the first step to getting the budget under control. That's expected to result in significant cuts to existing programs. Again, good. This has some Republicans like uh, Tony Gonzalez, Republican Texas, worried defense spending will be slashed. Here's my thought on defense spending. I, of course, want a strong defense. I want the top of the line, the best the world has to offer. I mean, honestly, I want to make sure our young men and women have absolutely the best on the planet. Having said that, we all know how much money the military wastes, right? Yeah, military is one of the most wasteful agencies in government. I, if they get their spending under control, I think we can cut the military's budget, yet at the same time maintain the same military if we got their spending under control. Well, here's Gonzalez, uh, CBS News, Face the Nation. This has proposed bills of a dollar cut to defense, which I think is a horrible idea when you have aggressions like Russia, Ukraine, and he goes on, China. Well, there's always threats out there. I want to see the military get their spending under control. Gonzalez says he plans to vote against the rules package, leaving McCarthy already with a slim majority. Here's part of what I'm talking about here. Uh, because when you want to do things like, let's finally get control of spending in Washington, D.C. And there's even Republicans that don't want to. Jim Dorton, Republican Ohio, who is expected to lead the House Judiciary Committee, defended spending cuts even for defense. In an interview, he pointed to the government's massive debt, saying everything has to be on the table. He suggested that military cuts could be made by eliminating woke policies... That's true, too. Um, a while ago, I read you guys 
some of the woke policies that are now in the military and how much money the military spends on it. Somebody who is hired by a particular, any particular branch of our military to go to a camp and start, again, pushing their woke agenda. And these are people, much like we have at the University of Wyoming, you have an office of diversity and inclusion. These people get paid a lot of money. You open up one of those offices at a military base somewhere in the United States, the person who heads the office is going to get like $250,000 a year. For what exactly? You have soldiers who put their lives on the line who don't get anywhere near that. But this guy who's in the Office of Diversity and Inclusion on site, well, he, he gets paid more than most of the officers, including colonels and so on. It's a lot of money. Then how much does the rest of the office get paid? In addition, this story says, changes to existing rules that are in the new package include requiring 72 hours prior notice to voting on legislation. Ah, ha, ha. That's a good one. That way, like I just complained about a few minutes ago, when a big bill, like 3,000 pages long, is dumped in front, even the smaller ones, dumped in front of a congressman, and, okay, well, we're going to vote on this within the hour. There's no way. Now, a lot of times to to read through a bill that's that big, and by the way, no bill should be that big, but to read through a bill that big, the congressmen will get their staff to help out. They'll divvy it up and read their parts and then talk to the congressman about, well, here's what's in the bill. Well, here's a better idea. How about don't write bills that are so big and when they're written, give 72 hours so people can actually go through them. The rules package also calls for the creation of a House Oversight Subcommittee for investigating the origins of COVID-19 pandemic, specifically mentioning U.S. government involvement and any funding of gain-of-function research. A vote is expected today at about 5 p.m. Eastern time. Now, there's some things in that package that I looked at, and I think I actually like what's in there. There's the cap on spending for the next decade. Fine. Great idea. You want to get spending under control, that is a great idea. And both Democrats and Republicans scream about the deficit, and yet both parties spend like money is going out of style. That's putting it kindly, right? So that I like. I like the idea of giving them time to read a bill before the bill's passed. And I would like to see what else is in the package that was agreed upon in order to get uh, Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. Now that they have that, can they actually pass it? Now, here's a real test for the Republicans. Because one of the problems that Republicans often face, and this has been a complaint of mine for decades now, you get the Republicans in power, and what do they get done? We More than once in my life, we gave the Republicans the House, the Senate, and the presidency and asked them to get just a few specific things done, and they couldn't. It's a whole lot easier for Democrats because they tend to function in a hive mentality. This is a hive mindset that the Democrats have, so they all work together. Now, how they do that, I don't know. I know threats and coercion are part of it, but there's a hive mentality with them. 
Uh, with the Republicans, though, no, it's a lot more difficult to get things done. And oftentimes you find Republicans who talk a good game, but, you, well, you call them rhinos. Because if you look at the way they vote, what they get done, and what they say, not the same thing. So I look at what's in this package, what I just read to you, and I really would love to see this passed. It's a great idea. Several great ideas. You can understand I'm cynical. I don't hold a whole lot of hope that they're actually going to get this passed. Please prove me wrong. But I just don't have a whole lot of hope that they're going to get this thing passed. Now, you know every Democrat's going to vote against it. So they're going to need every single Republican vote in order to get this passed. Now, this has nothing to do with the Senate. This is the House passing rules for the House on how things get done. But the Senate will have nothing to do with this at all. They don't, they don't get to meddle in the rules of the House of Representatives and vice versa. So we'll see. Can the Republicans pass this? Then I wonder when they do get this passed, especially the part about, well, rules changes can always be changed again. You get a new Speaker of the House. Democrats take over the House again. They can just change all of this back, right? So you would want to make sure that the Republicans stay in charge to keep rules like this. But again, first they have to pass them. Now, show hands out there how many people have confidence that the Republicans can actually get these rule changes passed. Yeah, don't see many hands. Don't see any hands, really. Because I'm in a radio studio with padded walls. I'm sitting here talking to myself. You can be the voices in my head. 888-97-WOODS, 888-97-WOODS. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject fine by me. Or be one of the many people who send me notes by using the Wake Up Wyoming app. Just hit the chat button. I see your message come up off the app, and I answer back on the air, and I type back to you. It's one of the many ways we communicate, not just across all these radio stations, but across the regions as well. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. All right, Triple Eight Ninety Seven Woods is the number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Talking about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. I'll just kind of roll with the whole thing. Let me tell you a trick that I pull here. I like, you know, of course, growing up in Florida, citrus. There's orange groves around me. You know, love eating citrus. Can't do that when I'm on the air. I like having an orange round and or even. Some people, they take grapefruit and they put sugar all over it. I just eat the grapefruit. I just peel it and I just eat it. And I can take a orange and I can peel it in one move. In other words, when I get done, the entire orange is one big peel that just fell into the garbage can as I go round and round the orange. I got good with that, right? Problem is, as a radio personality talking into this mic, it's not a good idea to eat sugary things or citrus because it gets the saliva going, right? 
And you don't want to hear that into the microphone when I'm talking. It's just gross. So here's the trick. For those people who like oranges but you don't like the acidic nature of it, eat a banana with it. The banana kills the acidity, if that's a term, of the orange immediately. So what I'll do is I'll chomp down a couple of pieces of orange and then I'll go ahead and take a bite of banana. And that acid flavor in the mouth and all of the saliva going just stops. It's actually a really good flavor combination too. I just pointed that out because moments before I went on the air, I ate a couple of orange slices and took a bite of banana. And I thought most on-air personalities would never eat orange when they're on the air or drink something sweet unless they know that trick. But okay. Here's an interesting article I found, Cowboy State Daily. Attacks show how vulnerable North America's 55,000 electric substations are. I've been talking with people about this for years. Let's go back to the time of the Romans. What did the Romans in? Well, a lot did. As a republic, they went down the same path that we're going down now, politically speaking. But their enemies realized... They had aquifers all over the place, just bringing water into their cities. Well, if they go poison the aquifers, everybody in the city gets sick, and then they can go sack the city. See how that works? Across America, we have electric grids all over the place. Our electrical system, we live by it. If we can, if somebody were to go hit that in key strategic areas, we're done. That's something I want to dig more into because a test, a scenario was run just recently. And you can imagine it just failed miserably. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. Uh, Lost her for a bit. Okay. Well, hang on a second now. Is Is she on now? Yeah. Oh, she is. Well, okay, hang on a second, Jude. <clears throat> okay, here There we go. Just for you, Jude. I did watch a little bit of uh, the 15 <laughs> times that it took to get McCarthy passed. Right. And I especially caught when Matt Gates was, I think he was nominating Trump at the time. And Marjorie Taylor Greene was behind him, and so was uh, Harriet. And I kind of, you know me, I watch people's faces, and she looked absolutely livid. I mean, she was licking her lips. She was poking her tongue out to the side. She kept putting on her gloves, taking them off, putting them on. And I got the feeling that, uh, you know, Trump supported her pretty tight. She should have had something to say. Besides, sit there and look like uh, she's ready to just lose her, lose her composure altogether. Secondly, all those guys are heroes to us out here because they did stand up and they did fight for getting these rules changed to where if McCarthy messes up and goes back on his word, we have a means to get rid of him. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. And then when that Mike uh, Rogers attacked Matt. I think he should step down. That is no way to uh, to uh, conduct yourself in the chambers. 
They should all have to put their phones away, too. Everybody was leaving and going out and answering their stupid phone. Um, and that's kind of the way I saw it. And uh, Hakeem Jeffries, that's Obama Jr. 2.0 as far as right. I'm concerned. They put him up there because he's a smooth talker, and they think they're going to get the black vote with him. He was never going to be Speaker of the House. There was not going to be one single Republican to vote for Hakeem Jeffries. So this could have been going on longer. There had been 15 votes, and McCarthy had finally won. Um, we asked you not to vote for him, Harriet, and you still did anyway. Um, she has on. I was reading that story you have on uh, K2, and, the, and I think the guy's right, this McKeem M. Hart MF. Mm, yeah. I thought he was right. But anyway, um, moving on to another note. Stephanie Murphy, Liz Cheney, and Adam Kinsey are no longer congressmen, right? Right. So that means that they can be held accountable and sued for what they have done on that J6 committee, and I hope there are people out there that will do something about it. Also, um, I'd like to see this first Congress uh, release our J6 prisoners. I think that's a must. I think they've been in jail for two years with no due process, being abused, being mistreated. And I think they deserve, I think any time they would have gotten for being inside that Capitol is more than paid for. Okay, now let me ask you here about the rules changes, because these rules changes are supposed to be voted on this afternoon. So we'll find out this afternoon if the Republicans get them through. And just a few minutes ago, I read a lot of those rules changes right here on the air, and I like some of them, especially that they have 72 hours to read the bill. That's huge. And we can freeze spending for the next 10 years. That's huge. There's some really good things, including getting rid of the speaker and so on. Now, what do you think the odds are that the Republicans will actually get together and pass it? Because not one Democrat will vote for this. I'll tell you, if they don't, they're going to be in a lot more trouble than than they think in this next election because people are tired of lip service and they will be voting people out. And if these guys want to be one-time congressmen, that's the way to do it is yeah. vote against these rules. Well, I, there was. A, let's go back to when we gave the Republicans the House and Senate and the presidency. And one of the first things we said to them was, OK, get rid of Obamacare. And they couldn't do it. And there was one freshman senator who wrote a bill that was one sentence to get rid of Obamacare. They couldn't pass it. Well, no, not when you still have all these rhinos that are in there. We have so right. many anti-Trump uh representatives and senators right now it's amazing i was ashamed of every single one of them that voted against uh voted for mccarthy i mean we just got rid of one california swamp rat and traded it for another california swamp rat as far as i'm concerned you know that's the problem democrats they work in they work in lockstep they never go against each other, but we will shred each other apart. Yeah. And that's why we continue to lose. Like down in the legislature, down in uh, Cheyenne now, they're trying to shove the, what, Medicaid expansion through again? Again, and, yeah. and Again, for what, the 50th time? And then also the rank voting is trying to sneak its way in. And we get that in place, we can kiss Wyoming goodbye, too. All right. Look at what happened in Alaska. Thank you, Judy. You know, the end 
of this song as they do this whole Hey Jude thing with the Beatles here. That's like most of the song. It takes up a whole side of an album. Most of the song. 845, Wake Up Wild. Sometimes the before you face the day at 888-97-WOODS. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030 K2 Radio. is the time. Wake up, Wyoming, off we go to the ice box bring Gambino's waiting by. So, uh, Frank, once again, we have to keep an eye on Miss Mary. All right, what, what did she do now? Okay, so apparently there's this place in Casper, Wyoming, where you can go ahead and adopt kittens, stuff like that. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they call it the Cat Cafe. Now, okay. how would you, bring you like... Them, you bring them home with you? Well, let's say you didn't want to bring it home, but you just want to spend some time with a kitten. Fine. Go over there and pay them like 12 bucks for an hour. <laughs> and you can just sit there and play with kittens. Bathe. In kittens, if for that's twelve what you bucks want an hour. Yeah, it sounds like a bargain to me. I think it's a great idea. I might actually have to give this a try. But now, that means that they get to take care of the cat as far as um, you know, the litter box yeah, and yeah, the feeding yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Here's though where I see the flaw in this, Frank. Now, some years ago, as a radio station promotion, you know, they they do the foster parent thing for animals, dogs, and cats. Mm -hmm. That way they're not all day long, day after day after day, in a cage. Right. Okay, so I was doing that as a promotion on air, and I had kittens and puppies and all sorts of things. Then one day they gave me this cat, and the two of us just linked up. And I'm not... I mean, I'm being very honest here. I never knew I was going to live in Wyoming at the time. The cat's name was Wyoming. No way. Yeah. And, And we were just buddies. And I kept going back to see has anyone adopted him yet. And then one day I walk in, and he's literally reaching his paws through the bars at me. Well, now you got he's, it. He's got you. Yeah. You see what happens there, Frank. You're going to go over and spend a few bucks to sit there and just play with a kitten. And then you're going to go home. And you're hooked, aren't right, you? Right. I was going to say, as Miss Mary in, in, inquired into weekly rates. Uh, you know, I'm thinking... <laughs> See, I told him just start a tab, you know. <laughs> there you go, start a tab. In the National Football League, the Denver Broncos ended a miserable season with a win yesterday, believe it or not. They knocked off the playoff-bound Los Angeles Chargers 31-28. Russell Wilson finally looked like the quarterback they paid big bucks for, plus draft pick assets as he threw three TD passes, each more than 50 yards. Too little too late as Wilson as a whole had a forgettable season. Broncos finished 5-2 and in New Orleans coach Sean Payton and University of Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh. Also in the NFL, the Buffalo Bills will be the number two seed in the AFC playoffs after a 35-23 win over New England on yesterday. Former Wyoming Cowboy star Josh Allen at the quarterback spot, 19 of 31 for 254 yards and three touchdowns. So the Bills at 13 and 3 will host Miami in the wild card round on Sunday. Cincinnati will be in the playoffs as well. They knocked off Baltimore 27 16. So former Wyoming Cowboy and Casper Native Logan Wilson. Eight tackles, four solo for the Bengals, who are 12-4. and four. They will turn right around and play Baltimore again in the wild card round on Sunday night. Jacksonville made the playoffs for the first time since 2017. They beat Tennessee on Saturday 20-16. Former Wyoming Cowboy Chad Mumu with seven tackles, five solo, and a tackle for a loss for the Jaguars, who went 3-14 and 14 a year ago. The Wyoming Cowboy football team snagged a receiver from the transfer portal as Devin Bodie, from, Devin Bodie Jr. will be coming to Laramie from Vanderbilt. He has three years of eligibility 
ability remaining. He was hurt most of the last season, caught those three balls. Tonight in college football, it's the national championship game as Georgia will take on TCU. Georgia is looking for their second title in a row, and they are 12-point favorites in the game. In men's college basketball from over the weekend, the Wyoming Cowboys dropped to 0-3 in Mountain West play, 5-10 overall, after an 80-75 home loss to San Diego State on Saturday. Cowboys have more injuries than you can count, but shot 58% from the field. Then again, how do you lose shooting 58% from the field? Hunter Maldonado played all 40 minutes. He threw in 20 points. Jeremiah Odin and Xavier Ducell each have 15. Lamont Butler had 23 for San Diego State. He had five threes in the game. The Aztecs improved to 12-3 overall, 3-0 in league play, and they'll be at Utah State tomorrow. High school wrestling, the big change channel tournament was held over the weekend in Douglas. Cheyenne East took third, Cheyenne Central fourth, the Toronto fifth, Kelly Wall seventh. Cheyenne Central at three champions. Isaiah Beal at 113, Jack Ring at 182, Keegan Bartlett at 220. Cheyenne East with a couple of champions, Liam Fox at 145, Trevor Eldridge at 195, and Kelly Walsh with two champions, Dylan Sorensen at 106, and Jared Smith at 132 pounds. This is sports. So Iady John, who lives over in Granny Canyon, I just played the song Hey Jude, a little bit of it, for our caller Judy, who's from Cheyenne. And he asked, hey, wasn't Hey Jude a bathroom song Yeah, for DJs way back hey, when? Jude. Yes, that was one of those songs where every song was played manually. It was not in the computer. Right, yeah. And for the first time, there was a song long enough that a disc jockey could get up and go to the toilet and come back without having to run. Also in God of the Vita from Iron Butterfly. That was another one. That was like a 22-minute yeah. song. Yeah. How did those get so much airtime? Well. You know. The, yeah. <laughs> now you know. Now you know where the DJ was. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business, we have to take care. We're going to roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. Oh, and open phones. Triple eight ninety seven Woods. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of time. Wake up, Wyoming. It is a Monday. Phone lines are open. Triple eight ninety seven Woods eight 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 ninety seven W O O D. Let's talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine. I just kind of roll with it. Not a big deal. All right. A couple of the stories, and a lot of these are non sequitur things, but worth talking about. One story I came across. Going to go to Colorado for this one. Mountain lions in Colorado kill. 15 dogs in 30 days in one Colorado town. Yeah. So um, they have a problem. But then there's also in the town of Du Bois, Wyoming, there's a mountain lion spotted walking right through town late at night. But still, someone took a picture of it. Also, from that big snowstorm Casper, Wyoming, had a little while ago, someone caught on their video, the house cams that showed the yard, right? There was a mountain lion and her cub that were, and this is down by the Platte River area, I believe, just walking through the snow. I guess looking for something to eat or something. I don't know, but they were just walking through the snow out there. They're in the Casper area. I know, and I don't know about the rest of you out there listening to me in your area. Let me know. But I do know in the Casper area, there is a mountain lion that's up on Casper Mountain and every so often is spotted down around the Casper area. 
yeah, I, I haven't heard of any problems yet. Not like in Colorado, where so far 15 dogs in 30 days have been killed. But okay. There are, I, this would help the rabid population in Casper, Wyoming. A few years ago, Cheyenne, Wyoming, there was someone who was looking out their back window into their yard, and there was a mountain lion. It was taking shade under a bush and just snoozing the afternoon away. So the police showed up in animal control. They tranquilized the thing while it was sleeping and snuck it off. So I do remember that story, and I could have sworn I heard a story out of Laramie sometime later, a few years ago, that was about the same thing. But anyway, yeah, I just came across those this morning. Went, wow, that was a whole lot of mountain lion stories all in one. It's okay. Um, some stories that I have here lined up for you that have to do with the cult of climate change. Now, this has to do with what numbers are and what reality is. And it's important whenever talking to someone that you have the numbers ready to go, not just in your head, but you can show them the numbers from a source that they would, they, they don't want to not trust this source. You know, here's something that CNN said, something like that, where they can't dispute it. Well, you, you get that from Fox News. You want a real source that they would trust. And you can show them the kind of stories that I'm about to give you. Ladies and gentlemen, the only hit song Al Gore thinks he ever had. You're driving a big car. I come on your radio. I say the end's close. You just say no. I say it's global warming. But you call me a liar But this planet's on fire Okay, first story I want to throw at you is about the climate hysteria of hurricanes. Now, we did have your guys, and I appreciate all of the well wishes and so on, and people who are just dropping notes encouraging me, because when Hurricane Ian headed into Florida, and it went right through some islands on the way in. Those islands were where I grew up, Sanibel Captiva Islands, Florida, about three miles off the coast. And wow, it did some major damage, especially to Sanibel. And Fort Myers Beach, which is an island that's right up against the mainland, not three miles off the coast, not even a mile, more like a canal off the coast. But Fort Myers Beach was really devastated. So I appreciate everybody sending me notes of encouragement while I was literally on the air one day and this ridiculously large television that they put in the studio next to me. I'm looking over at it and what I'm watching is live video of the hurricane just ripping apart my town. Headline, climate crisis, major hurricanes dropped to near record low in 2022. I had mentioned this to you guys. You kept hearing, well, there's more hurricanes than ever before. And they're bigger than ever before. It's the climate crisis. Actually, no. In fact, 2022 was a very quiet year for hurricanes. We had very few. And the majority of them were really wimpy. We finally got a decent-sized one. It wasn't the biggest one. I mean, they can get much bigger than Hurricane Ian was. They can get bigger than that. But Hurricane Ian hit the coast in just the right way to do maximum damage. 
Story says climate alarmists have been, well, saying uh, well, the, the world is in imminent danger. It's all going to end soon, for decades now. Of course, there are predictions. Well, if you actually show them the numbers, they have to tune it down some. So why don't we go ahead and take a look at the facts? The story here says, and I think it was uh, New York Post that actually said in 2021, there have been 50 years of predictions of impending climate apocalypse, yet experts continue to demand complete consensus. 50 years of failed predictions of a climate apocalypse, and yet experts keep saying that we need consensus. Think about that for a minute. We have 50 years of failed climate predictions, and yet there are still people out there saying there has to be a consensus among the scientists. Why? If all of the predictions keep coming wrong. Now, that's the first one I have you on the cult of climate change for you. And I did read to you some time ago the numbers of storms over the past few years, not just over 2022, to show fewer hurricanes, weaker, not more, not bigger than ever before. All right. Now, next one I have for you is researchers issue a dire warning about the Great Salt Lake. This is something I talked to Don Day about earlier this morning when it came to droughts in the western states. We've been going through a period of drought. Story from Wyoming Public Media. Researchers have published an emergency briefing warning that the Great Salt Lake could disappear as we know it in the next five years. They're calling on Utah's governor and legislators and residents to make drastic changes to reverse the lake's decline. Facing the crisis, we, uh, they will conserve measures in, in unprecedented ways in living memory. Great Salt Lake lost about half of its surface area compared to historic averages. And it reached record lows in 2022. Well, hang on just a minute. As I mention that, there's two things I want to say on that. First off, I'm going to bring up a young lady. This is a meteorologist from California. Now, I'm also going to correct some of the language that she's used. But here's what she has to say about California and the western states. I'm meteorologist Carly Gomez, and it is Thursday, January 5th in the evening hours. And we have some good news to let you know about the state of California is now officially out of an exceptional drought. And that maroon shade there, that was as of December. And with all the storms that have pushed through, the new drought monitor is showing the exceptional drought at 0%. Although we're still a little red there for the valley spots when it comes to drought. Extreme droughts at 12%, severe 39%. Now, a lot of the state has been taking in a lot of water. As we know, storm system after storm system has continued to push through. Good news for the state, but although the drought monitor is showing, we're not out of it just yet. Even if the water does meet the normal for this time of year, it's really hard to say whether or not that continues to keep us out of a drought because we have been in a deficit for about three years. Let's talk about some of that snow that's been piling up. Snow, one of the biggest factors in helping us get out of a drought because with snowfall, that's our own personal kind of refrigerator or freezer, if you will, holding on to that snow and that water for us as we move into the spring months. Now, the Central Sierra Snow Lab reporting here about 8.7 inches of snow in the last 24 hours. Now, the seven-day snow total, close to about 50 inches. 
The water year snow to date, water year starts October 1st and ends on September 30th. So far, we've seen 223.62 inches of snowfall. Now, we have about 359 inches or so when we start getting to what is our median, our average for the entire year. So we're getting pretty close to that. The average to date, what we typically see this time of year, though, is 115 and a half. So we're well above that for now. If we continue to get the flow we've been getting with the storm systems, the atmospheric rivers, we could be seeing well above average for really every year that we've been seeing the 359 inches or so. That's usually the average we could be bumping up above that. So she's talking California, and she's also on her map showing surrounded states. When I said I wanted to correct some of the language that she's using, let's take a look at what is normal, because oftentimes I hear meteorologists and also reporters say this, that we have a normal amount of rainfall. Well, what is normal? And also she talks about averages. And she talks about it in terms of, well, we're supposed to get this much every year. No, you're not. I wrote an article about this just recently, and I quoted Don Day, our own meteorologist, on this, as he showed. There are cycles, long cycles, not yearly as in spring, summer, winter, fall, longer cycles that have more to do with cycles of the sun, that have a lot to do with what temperatures on the planet will be, and therefore how much moisture gets into the atmosphere through evaporation, and therefore how much rain we're going to get. And we go through several years where we just get a lot of wet, a lot of rain, things fill up. Then we go through a drought period. Then we go through several years of wet again. Now, every time we get into a drought period, you hear someone do what they just did there in Salt Lake City. If this continues, we're going to end up losing our lake. Yeah, but we're coming out of the drought. You just heard that meteorologist say. And you heard Don Day talk about that as well. On the other hand, though, I want to add this. Again, what is normal? area that we now call Salt Lake City. Also, if you're with me here in Wyoming, same thing, Colorado, so on, used to all be underwater at the bottom of an ocean. Then it was an inland sea. Then it was a swamp. Literally, we found crocodile bones here. This was a swamp. In other words, for millions of years, this area has been slowly getting drier. And it continues to slowly get drier. That is the long-term trend. I don't know if that ever reverses or not, but that's the long-term trend for you. 918 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. 97 Woods or Chat with Glenn on the Wake Up, Wyoming mobile app from K2 Radio. 924 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. 888 phone number 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Okay, so I just played you a meteorologist. I've talked to Don Day about this on air our own regional meteorologist, a California lady meteorologist that's talking about the western states and how we're coming out of a drought, La Nina, El Nino effect, and so things are changing. We're starting to get wetter. We're coming out of a drought. And there's all the evidence of it with an enormous amount of snowpack right now. And despite that even, if we take a – well, there's a trend of back and forth wet seasons, wet years and dry years, several wet years, several dry years. But then also let's take into account that – This whole area that you're in right now used to be at the bottom of an ocean. It used to be an inland sea. It was a swamp, much like the Everglades at one point. This entire region just keeps getting drier and has been happening for millions of years. So the if, if, we don't know, that trend continues, 
yeah, at some point, this area really dries up unless something different happens with the climate along the way. But that's just what happens. Welcome to Earth where things keep changing. What's normal is nothing stays the same. From Wyoming Public Media, headline, Mountain West states getting millions in federal funds for drought resilience. In Nevada, $1.7 million will pay for Las Vegas uh, Valley homeowners using septic tanks to convert to a municipal sewer system. This recycles water back into Lake Mead, which is uh, fed by drought-stricken Colorado River, said uh, Deputy General Manager Engineering Southern Nevada Water Authority. We have uh, big incentives if we can capture water in the sewer system. That means extending those resources. She said there's about 14,500 septic systems in Vegas. That adds up to about $5 billion, 5 billion gallons a year. Every opportunity to conserve, recycle, reuse. Now, this is where, though, I take a look at some place like, like Las Vegas. And I've often thought, why did you move way out there? I understand why. People in Vegas moved out there to get rid of government rules and regulations. That's why the mafia moved out there and really made Las Vegas a thing, where it was this tiny little dot on a map that nobody knew of. Now look at it. It was to get around, get rid of government regulations. Now all these people are moving out into a desert area where there really isn't any water. And we're supposed to pump all this water out to them. New Mexico, $5 million to go toward groundwater, went to Gallup. Another $1.5 million went to help pay for new tools and strategies in regions where water, they have water distribution systems, gravity-fed. In other words, your government is sending money all over to states that are considered to be really, really dry states anyway. They moved out into a desert. They built a community way out in the middle of nowhere in a desert. And then large populations started to move there. And the, if you wonder, you ever look out there, why are you moving out here? You live in a desert out in the middle of nowhere. Why are you here? Number one reason that people are there is to get away from government. Why people leave California like crazy, major cities and so on, and go to other states. Why people are leaving New York and New Jersey and Illinois and moving to other places. They're trying to get as far away from the government regulations as they can. So they move out into these really hot, dry, arid places and then wonder, hey, how come we can't keep up with the water? Well, you got more people living out there than there is water. But the idea of those areas being really dry, well, of course they're really dry. They're deserts. There's a reason that they're really dry. And they're going to get drier. Not because of anything that human beings did. We didn't do anything to make it drier out there. The areas were drying up long before human beings ever arrived on the scene. And they will continue to dry up unless something changes. That we'll never know. We just have to sort of watch and try to learn. Because, you know, nature is always throwing us for a loop on what she intends to do next. Yeah, I-80 John. Hey, Glenn, when we were kids, didn't they call it weather? Yes, hurricanes were just weather. The cult of... I had several people when Hurricane Ian hit my hometowns of Sanibel, Captiva. Well, that's climate change for you. No, it's a hurricane. Jeez, that area's been pummeled with hurricanes for, well, since the planet had weather. Nothing new's going on. 929...
coming up on local news. And speaking of all that, your weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. With the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app, this is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Thirty-six at time. Wake up, Wyoming. I know this is going to come as a big shock to you. I eighty is closed, ladies and gentlemen. Eddie Delbridge of Rock Springs. It has been for a while now. All of the winds. Okay, when I get up, and I'm not anywhere near I-80. I'm way, way, way up north from there. But winds just howling at my house last night, just beating the tar out of it. And when I get up and go to work, and I'm driving to work a little after 2 o'clock in the morning, and the road that I head to, there's a golf course on one side and houses on the other side. I'm with the houses on the other side, right? Wind was blowing snow off the golf course. Entire one side of the road, all lanes, that one lane on the other side of the road, buried. And not by a little bit. I mean, if I got out of my vehicle and stood next to it, it would have been at least chest high, if not more. Just blowing up and over like that all night long with heavy winds. Oh, wow. They they just cleared all that with some big machines. Now they have to go ahead and do all that again, right? But that's up where I am. So let's take a look at this story here. It could happen this afternoon. I-80 finally reopens, right? In fact, while I'm talking to you about this, let me go ahead and check to see. I don't expect it to be any different from this story here, but it looks like, yeah, we're closed here. At this time, eastbound lanes Rock Springs to Rollins. Both lanes between Rollins and Laramie are closed to winter conditions, and a lot of this has just been the wind, and more wind is coming, by the way. As of 5.30 a.m. Monday, YDOT, Estimated it would take crews six to eight hours to get the interstate back open. Drivers are encouraged to call 511 or Wild Info. And that's where I like to go to wildroad.info. And that's where I look at the maps, which are color-coded. And yet yeah, it shows from Laramie all the way to Rollins is just closed. Everywhere else, it's redlined, but not... They do it in a way that shows you, oh, you can drive it, but we'd rather you didn't. That's where we are right now as far as I-80 goes, which I can't imagine. And, you know, I have to – I want to go take a look at the book that I was told about a while ago. That why did they ever build I-80 where it is, which they shouldn't have? And there's a whole book about it, about why, why in the world – Would these people ever bother to, you know, and now they have this idea of taking it from Laramie. And there's already an existing road goes from Laramie up to Medicine Bow, back down to Hannah. Morning, Hannah. Hey, guys. And it meets over at, was that, Rollins, right? And that area, That well, we'll just go up and around there. And I'm looking at it thinking, I don't know if that would really help. There has been talk about making that a major interstate. So that way, because that one section of I 80 always gets closed. I'm thinking, I don't believe that's going to help when I take a look at how often that road is often closed down. It's really difficult this time of year to get anywhere. 
It's like when, okay, let's pretend we're in the summertime and you ask for directions in Wyoming. Hey, Scott, you got the map for the A unit C pad? All right, you're going to go down the main ranch road to the third gate. You're going to take a right. At the very first road, you're going to take another right. You're going to follow it all the way to there's a big rock. You're going to take a left. You're going to follow it as it curves. Eventually, you're going to see some pump jacks on the right. You're going to take another right. You're going to follow it all the way to you see two oil tanks. From there, you're going to take another right. Follow it as it loops around. You'll end up seeing a big old water tank on your right. You're going to go through past the cattle guard all the way to where there's a cow with spots on the road. You're going to take a right there, follow it past some more pump jacks until you get to the first road on the left. You're going to turn, you're going to take it. Eventually, you're going to see three guys working. From there, you're going to take a right, follow it all the way to the T. We're there, you're going to take a left, go all the way to when you see a water bottle on the road. You're going to take a right, follow it all the way down, and it's going to get you to the location. That's usually how they do it if you're in the oil industry. Now, what if you're just somebody who's not that familiar with this part of the country? Sorry, my GPS has me all turned around. Oh, those things are never right. What you want to do is you want to go down this road till you get to Connie's, take a left. And then you're going to go straight down that road till you see the old Kmart and hang a right. Then you're going to go straight down that road till you get to the new Dollar General. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. No problem. Hold up. You know, Connie's is a Texaco gas station. The old Kmart is now on Planet Fitness. And the new Dollar General has been there six years. And why didn't you just say all that? Because once you name something down here, it never changes. Good luck, girl. Yeah, it just... There's another one that I have here, and I'm trying to find out. I have to put all of these in one file. But it had to do with... Um, let me see if I can find... Uh, okay, uh, no, not you, GPS. It ha- it's a like a GPS bit. What is GPS? No, nope, that didn't come up for this part of the country over here. No, nope, can't seem to find it fast enough. If I do, I'll end up playing it for you guys probably sometime tomorrow. But it's it's using GPS Wyoming style, which is not the same way you would in a major city. That's basically it. 942, wake up Wyoming. Wyoming and beyond with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Nine forty-seven. the time. Wake Up Wyoming off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino waiting by. Frank, uh, first off, have you seen that treat they have downstairs in the kitchen? Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, have you, have you had some? It's it's amazing. Okay, those I nev- Cajun guys are awesome. Yeah. Okay. So with the with the Mardi Gras little chain in the middle of it, of yeah. The cheesecake. Okay. Boy. Careful though. Okay. So it's got for those people who wonder, it looks like it's some kind of a Danish thing, but in and it's a big uh, like a wreath almost of Danish, right? Uh, all curled and twisted together. But inside it is all of these different flavors of cheesecake basically as you're eating it so it's really quite uh, rich careful though because according to the tradition they hid a little plastic baby jesus in there oh well, I, I, I didn't bite it okay yeah okay if you so do in there you might end up like losing the filling on that i didn't see it yeah well, yeah it's supposed it. to be in the cake the, the cheesecake yes okay you're has supposed the, to choke any, on it or something. Has anybody found it? <laughs> no, but if you know somebody did what I'm giving them the Heimlich maneuver. Right. Well, no, they're like, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's <laughs> that's or someone is is holding their mouth and being asked to get taken to the dentist. That's basically what's going to happen here. But I'll tell you, that's yeah. the best stuff I've had in a long. It's time. very good, but it's very. I took a little bit because I knew this is going to be rich, sweet. Wow. You cannot go wrong with Cajun. No, you can't. No, it's really good stuff. Okay. You cannot go wrong with Cajun. No, real quick here. I know we're getting close. Frank's Super Bowl predictions. All right. I'm still going to go for, as of right now, with the playoffs starting today. Yeah. 
or this week, I'm right. going to go with Buffalo and Philadelphia. Buffalo and Philadelphia. Yes. Got so Tampa's not in this. Oh, they are in. They they barely got in by the skin of their tinny tin teeth there. But they're not going to make it to the Super Bowl. Oh, I know. I don't think so. No. Okay. Does that mean that our man in Tampa, it would be his last year? Tom Brady. Yeah. Possibly. Okay. I mean, who knows? I thought I thought they were going to elect him Speaker of the House. You know, Could have been. And then be the survival to just play football. Okay. So what does and what does Tampa do if they lose Brady because he's um, actually been good for them? Well, you got to find somebody and groom somebody. Right. Sometimes these older quarterbacks, ah, why, why should I groom my successor? It's not my problem. Right. You know, okay. other than that, he may play some more. Okay. I mean, he's not really hooked up with Giselle anymore, so might as well play football. So then the big question is then what do the Broncos do next year? Well, number one is find a head coach. Okay. And they are going to have to pay big bucks for that. Right. If they should happen to hire or agree to hire Sean Payton from New Orleans, he's still under contract with them. So the Broncos would have to pay New Orleans money and draft picks, which the Broncos don't have. Mm -hmm. Um, Harbaugh from Michigan probably has a nice healthy buyout of his contract that he would have to pay, which the Broncos would probably assume pay Michigan to, you know, to get to get rid of him, that's the that's the number one priority. They have got to find a sitting head coach, right? Okay. Not an assistant coach, a sitting head coach. So this is my big question for you, for the Broncos fans out there. I, I touched on this before, but we ran out of time. So, oh, geez, we're running out of time again here. So, <laughs> Tampa Bay. I remember when I lived there, they were just horrible. Right. They had great players, but they could never win anything. Then they switched out coaches, went to the Super Bowl, and won it. That's all it took. Right. Here's Jacksonville for an example. Yeah. They made the playoffs this year. Right. They won four games a year ago. Okay. Change. You know, got a process of changing coaches. They got a quarterback that can function. Right. <laughs> and then boom. <laughs> well, hello. Well, in men's college basketball from over the weekend, the Wyoming Cowboys now uh, 0-3 in Mountain West Conference play, 5-10 overall, after a tough 80-75 to home loss to a good San Diego State team on Saturday. Cowboys have more injuries than you can count, but they shot 58% from the field in that game. But how do you lose when you shoot 58%? Hunter Maldonado played all 40 minutes. He threw, 20, threw in 20 points. Jeremiah Oden and Xavier Dussel, each with 15. Lamont Butler had 23 for San Diego State. They have five threes in the game. The Aston are 12 and 3 overall and 3 and 0 in league play, and UW will be at Utah State and Logan tomorrow. National Football League, the Denver Broncos ended a miserable season with a win, believe it or not. They knocked off playoff bound the Los Angeles Chargers 31 28. Russell Wilson finally looked like the quarterback they paid big bucks for as he threw three touchdown passes, each more than 50 yards. Too little, too late for him. As a whole, it was a forgettable season. The Broncos finished 5 and 12 and be looking for a new head coach. Reportedly, they will interview New Orleans head coach Sean Payton and University of Michigan coach Jim also in the NFL, the Buffalo Bills will be the number two seed in the AFC playoffs with a 35-23 win over New Orleans. Uh, New England, excuse me. Former Wyoming Cowboys star quarterback Josh Allen, 19-31 for 254 yards and three touchdowns for the Bills, who are 13-3. They will host Miami in the wild card round on Sunday. Cincinnati in the playoffs as well. They knocked off Baltimore 27-16. Former Wyoming Cowboy and Casper native Logan Wilson at that middle linebacker spot had eight tackles, four solo for the Bengals, who are 12-4. They will turn right around and play Baltimore again in the wild 
wild card route on Sunday night. Jacksonville made the playoffs for the first time since 2017. They beat Tennessee on Saturday 20-16. Former Wyoming Cowboy Chad Mumo with seven tackles, five solo and a tackle for loss. The Jaguars won three and 14 a year ago. And in high school wrestling, the big Shane Shadow tournament was held over the weekend in Douglas. Cheyenne East took third, Cheyenne Central fourth, and the Toronto fifth, Kelly Walsh seventh. Kelly Walsh had two champions, Dylan Sorensen at 106 and Jared Smith at 132. Central at three is Hale Beal at 113, Jack Ring at 182, Keegan Bartlett at 220, Cheyenne East with a couple of individual champions down in Douglas, Liam Fox at 145, and Trevor Eldridge at 195 pounds. That's it in sports. Do you know where they're doing the Super Bowl? Is it Los Angeles, I believe? Los Angeles. Okay. Well, okay, so there's... And what happened to Los Angeles this year? Where, where are they? Well, they, they just, the Chargers are in, but the Rams are out. I gotcha. Okay. You know, they had they had no teams for like 20-some years, and now they have two. Yeah. I, that was my next question. They have two teams then? Well, yeah. they got the population. Well, well, you build a stadium like that, you yeah. need two tenants. All right. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. We're going to roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. This program becomes a podcast when I'm done with it. Loads up on the internet. Go to the Wake Up Wyoming app. Hit on demand on the toolbar. Select the episode that you want to listen to. It's free. It's condensed. Getting rid of news and a lot of the commercials so you can listen, well, not within a whole entire four-hour show. And you can pause it and start it again so you can catch up on the entire show on your time just by using your phone. So Wake Up Wyoming.